Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my colleague, Mike Wood. This is going to be a fun conversation. Yes, howdy, uh, howdy Todd. Our uh, pre-show uh, banter with this gentleman was quite entertaining. I wish we could have gone live with that, but we're in for a treat, and we're going to learn an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're joined by Joe Hirsch. He's a managing director at Semica Partners, a TEDx and keynote speaker, author of The Feedback Fix, father of four, husband of one. Joe Hirsch, welcome to the show. Great to be with you guys. Always good to see you. Appreciate you making time to join us. We did have a pretty good banter before. Are you sure you <laughs> yeah. want to put that in the show notes? Oh, it's all right. <laughs> okay. We're probably going to add it somehow. So, Joe, we wanted to start off with how can leaders really use feedback to produce growth and not fear? That's such a problem, isn't it? Yeah. This is what happens all the time. Feedback becomes an instrument of fear and not joy. It's punitive. Most people see it as a punitive. Thing. It is. And I came to work human with a simple message that it should be the reverse. Feedback should be about joy and not fear. If you ask most people, what makes you feel alive at work? When do you feel at your best? It's not usually, oh, my last performance review. (laughs) Because so often that performance review takes a look back in the past that they can no longer change. It describes events they can no longer control. And because it's looking back and not looking ahead, people are literally powerless to do anything about it. And there is an incredible, a vast amount of research on the effects on the human brain when they go into situations like that, when they are thrust into situations which raise their threat awareness. Literally the parts of the brain that are responsible for creativity, for executive function, the parts of the brain that make us, us, they literally go dark whenever our status is challenged and we feel like things aren't safe anymore. And that's what happens most of the time for most people when you ask them the question, can I give you some feedback? When your manager pulls you aside, either in a casual conversation or in a formal appraisal, and starts talking about the past that you can't change and events you can't control, that is when the threat awareness goes up. And that is when you literally go brain dead. And not only that, there's all this time lapse. So often, events that actually are being described in a performance review are events that happened weeks ago, maybe even in the last quarter. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I can barely remember getting onto the plane last night to come to Nashville. I mean, I don't even know what went down. It was crazy. It was late at night. I don't even remember. And if you ask me two weeks from now, I'm probably not going to be able to tell you. So why do we expect things to be any different when our managers are sitting us down and they're going through their notes from the last few weeks or maybe the last quarter, and they're trying to piece together a picture of performance, acting like forensic psychologists, trying to piece together events that they can no longer really remember and events that you don't either. How do we expect people to feel then? Mm -hmm. What happens at that point? The answer is not to change the message. The only answer is to shift the mindset. And that's why I came to work human today. I came here to talk about the power of feed forward, a brand new bold approach to thinking about the way people perform, thinking about the way people achieve their personal best. 
Feed Forward is all about looking not just at who we are, but who we are becoming. And if we make that shift in our mindset, if we stop looking back on a past that people can't change, and we start looking out towards a future that they can, then we are going to help them and help the organizations that we represent. Well, that changes everything, right? It changes the whole approach, changes your attitude, becomes an opportunity for growth and excitement and fun. But two-part question. So the management team who loves this top-down club they have, they can beat people over the head with, and that gives them a sense of power. And, well, it's my job. I'm a manager. I'm supposed to give people feedback to do a better job. How do you begin to change that mindset, speaking to management, so they better understand this feed-forward approach? One. Two, if I'm an employee and I'm not getting benefit from the feedback process that my management's currently doing, how do I begin to communicate to my management there's a better way to help me? Can you empower them to give them some advice on how they can take action with their management to get the kind of feedback they really, really need? Those are such good questions. Let me start with the first one. Ask a manager how he or she is doing with the feedback that they're giving, and they will tell you, eh, not so great. I mean, that's why work human exists and is so helpful in serving the interests of people in workplaces everywhere. Because managers realize inherently the tension of trying to help someone perform, yet also tend to all the things they need to do managerially to support the work of the organization. And that conflict, that contrast of trying to both support and encourage, but also tend to business, that leaves managers frustrated and unaware of how to proceed. And they're looking for answers. They want help. And so when you ask them, hey, are you happy with the way things are going in your work? Do you like the way performance management is working for you right now? And they will say, oh, God, it's the worst thing I do. They are running from those conversations. It's not just the people on the receiving end. It's the people giving it that are fearful of traditional feedback as well. So they're pretty happy and open to new ideas if those ideas are proven, practical, and easy to do. Now, that is something that I've devoted great attention and work to, helping to unpack this concept of feed forward that was first described by Marshall Goldsmith as a way to you know, get instant feedback, if you will, on problems that you're having at work, kind of like almost an icebreaker. And I started to think to myself, this idea of feed forward, it's not just about quick checks and a pulse reading of how someone's doing and how maybe you can get better. There's deep, deep research behind all of this. And so with Marshall's blessing and support, I started to unpack the research behind feedback, the various ingredients, and I called it repair, a six-part plan to fixing feedback because if something is broken, then it needs to be fixed. So repair represents the six strands, the science backings behind all of this. And when you start to present that to managers, that light bulb goes off and they start to realize, man, this is something I can do. But it can't just be something that managers do for their employees. Your second question, Todd, was great because people have to do it for themselves. And I think that's maybe the biggest misconception about engagement in the workplace today. Engagement is not what managers do for their employees. Engagement is what employees do for themselves. If we help people discover that better version of themselves, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, then all of a sudden, the fear of asking for feedback is gone, and people are more willing to be agents of their own change and improvement. Instead of waiting for someone to hand it to you, 
or to force it on you, they start to do that for themselves. And this becomes a more natural, organic process of growth and development. It's so human. It's how we are wired to perform. We are not empty vessels waiting to be filled. People are uniquely suited to be agents of their own change and improvement, if only people give them the space and the time to do that. So in our product that we've been developing over years is we have this real-time feedback. We encourage check-ins on like a weekly basis. Because I think part of the problem with performance management is the traditional system of waiting. When you wait months to find out how you're doing, you have all this time to kind of twist the story in your own head to I'm not doing well. And you have that fear and uncertainty. So when you're checking in on your goals with your manager on a weekly basis, you're really kind of eliminating that and you always know where you stand. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. how does that kind of timing factor into feed forward? Feed forward is all about real time conversations. It's moving the needle in a very deliberate but slow way. Instead of waiting for formal review season to come around, these conversations are happening all the time, just in time, right? Instead of it being once upon a time, there was feedback that was given to this employee who were changing that narrative to an all the time, just in time model. Now, managers will say, that sounds great, Joe, but I don't have time for that. Even with great tools like the ones that are produced by WorkHuman, I don't think that I can do that. And my answer is, if you don't spend the time now, you're going to spend a lot more time later Mm -hmm. and the results are not nearly going to be as good. You're not going to give people what they need and you're not going to get what you want. So wouldn't you rather have real-time conversations that will allow people to be their best when they need to be, not when you think they need to be? Allow them to make those changes and adjustments when they can, in the moment, when the moment strikes. So let's talk a little bit about empathy. Now, I know it's a critical soft skill that everybody wants to have, but is empathy something that you can teach? I think it is. I think it is. I mean, ultimately, feedback is not about reports. It's about relationships. And when we start to examine this relationship as a partnership, then all of a sudden people react differently when they have these kinds of thorny conversations. For example, if you really believe that the manager on the other side of that conversation has your best interests, that he or she really sees you for who you are, and more importantly, wants to help you see yourself for who you are, then you trust that person. Then you are open to what that person has to say, and you're more willing to act on what feedback is delivered for you. So with Feed Forward, it absolutely takes an empathetic approach because instead of being a window gazer, looking out and telling the other person what you see, and maybe they see it differently, you're a mirror holder. You're holding that mirror up to them for them to see their own performance differently, maybe even for the first time. That duality, mirror holder, window gazer, that's something that is so important in the world of performance management today. I wish we had more mirror holders. It's something I'm devoting great time and attention to. Because if people actually become mirror holders, if they allow the people on the other end of that conversation to see themselves, and instead of telling them what to see, they let that picture unfold for itself. Because at the end of the day, we are the ultimate insiders who have the deepest, most profound knowledge of who we are and what we want to do and be, then ultimately those conversations become more empathetic, more human. You can do that 
but it takes some time. Fortunately, I've been able to pull together resources that help managers who are busy, who don't feel like they have the techniques or the tools to do that, have these more courageous and human conversations so that they can actually present a more human view of themselves so that the people on the other end of that conversation feel the process is more human too. Yeah, Micah, you mentioned empathy. I think that's one of the more important skills that the team has to bring to the fold to build a more human culture. You hit it on the head. I think the most key skill in developing an appropriate feedback process is the ability to build trust. Because if you trust your manager, well, then you, you assume that they're trying to help you out if they give you feedback and not, not come from a punitive action, right? Mm-hmm. Trust is everything there, right? Trust is everything. And unfortunately, so many workplaces today are reporting a lack of trust, an absence of trust, and that's hard to build. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that it's something that anyone can just do right away, snap with the fingers. But there are certain things that you can do, certain proven practical things that allow the trust factor to be raised, that allow for these relationships to unfold. Let me take you through a couple of ideas that I've seen to work pretty effectively with different organizations and teams that I've worked with in the past. The first is to totally change your mindset from a know-it-all to a learn-it-all. Now, most of the time, managers who are in those positions, they're pretty smart, they're pretty accomplished, they're used to knowing the answers, they're used to having the answers. They're the problem solvers. But sometimes all that knowledge is getting in their own way of progress. And my advice to managers is take a step back, be a little bit more humble, adopt a learn-it-all mentality, and you will be surprised by how much you actually don't know about that other person. So many times, people are holding back information out of fear, out of just a sense of their own frailties, that they don't want to reveal the most vulnerable parts of themselves. This is why work becomes inhumane. (laughs) People have to put on postures. People have to put on airs. They don't feel like they can really show up as their full selves at work. (laughs) And because of that, we need to encourage them to feel more human and real with us. And the way we can do that is not by imposing our view, but by allowing them to share theirs. Learn it alls, ask questions, they reflect, they create the time and the space for these conversations to occur. And ultimately, the managers who adopt it, who adopt this point of view, they're shocked by how much they learn when they start to take on a learning orientation. So that's one thing that everyone can do right now. It doesn't matter what your background is or how long you've been in your managerial role. If you just make a subtle switch from a know-it-all to a learn-it-all, you will learn so much. I also think it's important for managers to make a deliberate shift from thinking about these conversations in terms of deficits to strengths. Now, there's been a lot out there on strengths-based leadership, strengths-based coaching, and it's all good work. But ultimately, if we don't actually bring that to bear in these conversations and make a deliberate switch from attacking someone's weaknesses and shortcomings and where they didn't do what they needed to do or where they came up short, then they're going to feel small. And the goal of Feed Forward is to make them feel big, to enlarge their view of themselves by shifting that conversation from weaknesses to strengths. So you might as a manager enter that conversation and say, Todd, Mike, tell me about a time when you felt alive at work the last few weeks, or maybe it's a casual conversation. Hey, what went great for you this week? 
And you may think for a minute and say to yourself, well, you know, there was that project that I felt it was great. We really delivered on time and really above expectation. It was so fantastic. And then you start to realize, wait a second, he's telling me something that I don't necessarily know. So you plunge into that a little more and you start to ask, well, what or who led to that? Who helped you do that? What conditions supported that? Because even when we are at moments of peak, we rarely achieve that all by ourselves. We need others behind us. So as the manager, if you're focusing on that moment of strength, that moment of great excellence and success, start to dive into what was behind all of it and then ask, what can I as your manager do to support you to keep that progress going, to build your momentum and help you scale success over and over again? That three-part plan, talking about peak, exploring the trek, who helped you get there, and ultimately the scale. How did you climb that again? Or how will you climb it again? Those are important questions that focus on a person's strength. You might still get the same goal that you had before, which is getting to an understanding of what this person needs and who this person is, but you've reoriented it completely. You've made a deliberate change from weakness to strength, and now they feel stronger as a result. Joe, I feel like the context of our discussion here around feedback has been from management down to the team. Isn't there supposed to be a trust level and a process where, where the employees can give feedback to the management? Managing up. Oh, I wish every workplace was like that. I'll tell you a great example where this happened, and we all might aspire to be like them. Ray Dalio is known for having a pretty open and transparent environment over at Bridgewater. It's a great so it's, book. It's fantastic. Principles was great. But more important, the most important principle, in my opinion, is the radical transparency that he has in his workplace, where someone like Jim Haskell, a senior manager, can send his boss, one of the most impressive CIOs of the biggest hedge fund in the world with 250 billion assets under management, something like that, and say to his boss, Ray, you really screwed it up today. I think next time you and I might want to get together before your next presentation so we can talk things out, make sure things are actually going to be okay because this can't happen again. That's literally what Jim Haskell said to his boss. Do you know what happened to Jim Haskell? <laughs> he was promoted because Bridgewater believes that unless there's open transparency, unless people can really feed up and give that message across all levels of the organization, then it's just not going to matter. You can't wait for feedback to happen. It's something we have to create for ourselves. As long as there is trust, and even if there might not be the trust, as long as there is at least the prospect of trust, the allure of a partnership, then I think this can happen. And it happens over time. It happens with time. Companies that I've worked with, they've taken months, sometimes years. But the process happens as long as there's a commitment to having authentic conversations that build in accountability you can still have ratings with feed forward. I think it's great to have ratings. If you can't manage it, then you can't message it. But at the same time, building in a focus on development around the edges, softening the message, focusing on strengths, making it more authentic, doing away with these god-awful prey sandwiches, which research shows do very little to improve, and take the benefits of praise and make it real Make it something that's genuine and separate corrective feedback from praise because people sniff out the difference. And so, yes, praise your employees for the work they're doing. Give them positive reinforcement and feedback, but make sure that you're doing it in an authentic way, not hidden in this praise sandwich, which often leads to poor results. Positivity and gratitude. 
We've been preaching it for years. It's also the Wi-Fi password here at Work Human. <laughs> Although by the yeah. time you guys hear this, I'm not sure it's going to be active anymore. No, so. it won't. <laughs> if you're listening now, gratitude. There goes the secure network. Exactly. Oh, well. All right. You mentioned uh, engagement earlier. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those words that if you walk around here and ask 10 people for a definition, you're going to get 10 different answers, mm. which is part of the problem with it. It's also part of the opportunity with it. So you touched on it a little bit ago. Go a little bit deeper on what that really is and how we should be really thinking about engagement in the workplace. So engagement, again, is not what you do for your employees, but what your employees can do for themselves. So the first thing is to make sure these conversations are happening constantly. We talked about trust Trust is the result of a relationship built over time. Why do you trust certain people in your life over others? You trust your spouse. You trust your mother, your father. You trust your kids. Well, I have teenagers, so that trust is don't, actually... Don't trust the kids. That, that trust is being <laughs> challenged and tested on a regular basis. But ultimately, trust is a relationship built over time. And I think that if we start to arrange for these conditions to be in place in our workplaces, then that trust will naturally unfold because more deposits that you put into that trust bank, they will pay dividends over time. So number one, have those conversations. Number two, make it safe for people to speak up. There's been so much great research, much of it from Amy Edmondson on the benefits of psychological safety, having a safe workplace where people can feel free to be themselves, speak their minds, that is at the core of a high trust workplace. It's something we can all do. It means you adopting that learn it all approach as a manager, as a team leader, to allow people to have those conversations with you, to feel like they can be honest with you and you can be honest with them. I mean, Ray Dalio put it great. He said, would you rather work in a place where you know what people think or where they don't? I don't know about you guys. I want to live in a world where people know what I'm thinking and I know what they're thinking. That was the basis of my TEDx talk. I, for many, many years, operated with an assumption that the people in my work environment thought of me a certain way, and therefore I thought of myself a certain way, when in reality, my visual was not matching their audio. What I thought I saw was not what they were saying, mostly behind closed doors, behind my back. And it took one person, one courageous friend, who was a mirror holder, who held that mirror for me and said, Joe, who do you want to be? Because right now, this is not matching that view of yourself that you want for yourself. And it changed everything. Changed the way I saw myself, changed the way I interact with others. It literally redefined my relationships at work. It redefined my standing in the organization. It led to so many positive outcomes. And it never would have happened unless there was trust, unless there was conversation, unless there was a sense of growth, that people are not finished products. People are not just waiting to be filled with our insights. They hold and host many of their own. Let's give them the space and the opportunity to unleash it. Outstanding stuff. So Mike, make a note that engagement is not offering free trail mix and installing <laughs> foosball tables. All right. Although the nap pods, I think, have been shown to be effective. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that, that may change the noodle. Yeah. That could, that yeah. could yeah. change. <laughs> hey, Joe, we're about out of time. Before I let you go, uh, should anyone need to connect with you in any way, uh, how do they find you? Well, don't call me. <laughs> I, I'm never by my phone. I try to stay away from that thing that sucks all the life out of me. Best way to reach me is at my website, Joe Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H dot me. For the guy out there, Joe Hirsch, who has joehirsch.com. Thanks a lot, buddy. But dot me works just fine. And I've got the traffic to prove it. So joehirsch.me, go ahead and find me there. I'd love to connect with you. 
all the social channels, LinkedIn, Twitter, not much of a Twitter guy, but I definitely love reading what others have to say and think I try to be a learner it all myself. LinkedIn, I'm pretty active there, but let's connect. If there's something that you're struggling with, if there is a way that you want to have more courageous conversations and make feedback about joy and not fear, then let's talk. All right. Joe Hirsch, Managing Director of Semica Partners and the author of The Feedback Fix. Joe, it was a great pleasure to have you. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. It's been real, guys. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at WorkHuman March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019. 